And, uh, but anyway, I feel uh, nervous, but I feel also excited for the fact that we are working for a great center, our Lord Jesus Christ. We are working together for His plan, His goal, and to see something bigger than us. Something bigger, bigger than the river or something bigger than even central. Something so much greater than we could ever imagine because the Lord Jesus Christ is building His church. And that's what we want to plug into. Whatever God is building, I want to be involved with what He's building. Because whatever He's building, there's an anointing, there's a power, there's an ability to do what He does. If you hire anybody to come and work with you, you empower them to do the job. You give them the tools. In the same way, when God says that I'm building my church and He wants us to be involved with building His church, He will empower you to do what He wants you to do. And tonight, even I believe that God will speak to some of you and say, I've called you and I have empowered you. I have an ability that is beyond your ability to do what you could not naturally do because I'm building my church and I'm using you to build my church because you're part of my church and we that excites me and that that is um, something that has been brewing up in our spirit for some time and i want to talk about bangkok i mean we've been 24 years in thailand oh by the way a little bit about myself i was born in sweden i grew up in sweden finland australia canada and thailand 24 years now so if i say things that sound strange just tell your neighbor he's a bit strange he comes from all these different cultures and he doesn't know our Aussie culture that well but I'll try to be an Aussie tonight Uh, anyway so but the thing about Thailand or the thing about Bangkok God started to talk to us about Bangkok and when he started to talk to us about Bangkok something started stirring with uh, in our spirit but the one thing we realized that the church that God wants us to be involved with and plant in there will not look like the churches that are there already by the way there are some great churches there nothing wrong with that but what he's doing right now through us as the river uh, uh, looks something different because the ASEAN nations have agreed that we will use one language as the language of ASEAN, that we will communicate with each other, and that language is English. Imagine this young person. You can come to Thailand. You can come to Cambodia. You can come to any of those nations in ASEAN, and they all want to speak English. And you are equipped and empowered to come over there to be the light and the salt in those nations that don't know Jesus. What a wonderful opportunity. But not only that, the world is getting smaller. We're seeing young people going over the borders from one nation to another nation, coming from Myanmar to Thailand. Do you know that there are one million people from Myanmar who live in Thailand, Bangkok, right now? One million people. Not a small number. There are... uh, hundreds of, uh, don't know the number, exact number, but from Indonesia. Huge numbers of people living in uh, Bangkok, from Indonesia, from Cambodia, from Vietnam. All these nations have congregated in these big cities, mega cities of Southeast Asia or ASEAN nations. That in itself brings a whole new um, uh, sphere of influence and it uh, changes the culture and the way we do things so for us when God called us to go into Bangkok and he said I want to build a city uh, not a city a church in there through you that doesn't look like maybe all the other churches it 
brought a challenge. And for us, he said, God, what are you wanting to do? So what we started doing with Mariana, we walked the city. And we watched the generation that God is wanting us to be engaged with. And they walked like this. hit a pole or something but they, they look at this they stand they sit in their uh, in their uh, sky rail in the metro and every free wi-fi on sky rail on metro uh, it's a whole new world and we soon realized that just going and giving them pieces of paper tracts and saying come to church ain't going to do it because they want to be connected through facebook and line and so that's why the boot camp is there to empower the young people to connect with their generation. It's a generation that is growing up of 100,000 uh, young people in one university, in the university that we are very closely connected with, 33,000 young people. And they are all on Facebook and all online. And that's how they communicate. And we realize to reach them, we actually have to use the means that they are used to. And so that's why the boot camp and training how to reach this generation for Jesus. But we also realize that it requires more than just doing the technology and connecting. We need God to be in the center of everything. We need Jesus to be the one who leads everything, not our own theo thoughts, not our own ways. And so I went before God and cried out, God, give me a word for this city. And I believe it's not a city a word for just for Bangkok, but for all the cities, including Ipswich. It's a word that God brought into my spirit and opened my eyes to see something incredible. And that word is found in Mark 5, 21 to 43. And something out of this, this uh, reading opened my eyes and opened my spirit to understand something new in God. Jesus crossed there, verse 21. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side, a large crowd, crowd gathered around him on the shore. Verse 22, Mark 5. Verse 22, Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, My daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. There was an urgency in his spirit. There was, a, they, there was something that was driving him. My daughter, my daughter is about to die. He was a high leader in the synagogue. And we went before God, please, Jesus, come to my city. Come into my community. My daughter is about to die so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, and a swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had only gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if 
I can just touch his clothes, I can be healed. There was another woman of an urgency. Twelve years I've been bleeding. Twelve years I have not got better. I've got worse and worse and worse. I've used all my money. I've got nothing left. I have to touch the hem of his garment. I have to touch his clothes. That's my last opportunity. She should not have been there. She was an unclean woman according to the culture of the day, according to the religion of the day. But she was desperate to see healing happen in her own life. And she kept on saying, if only I can touch. I can imagine. She went up there. She touched the hem of many people. The, the men were walking there, crowding around Jesus. And he said, which cloth is it? Which cloth is it? Which cloth is it? Where is Jesus' cloth? I want to touch that cloth when, from where power comes from. And then finally, she touches the cloth. And power flows into her. And she gets healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothing? His disciples said, don't be silly. Look at the people who touched. What a silly question. The crowds are pressing against you. Yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace healed from your disease. While Jesus was still speaking with her, a messenger came from synagogue leader's house saying, Jairus, Jairus, your daughter has just died. Why bother Jesus anymore? It's too late. She's dead. But Jesus overheard the conversation and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. Do you think those were the right words for the synagogue leader? A man of desperation, a daughter dying, seeing her, his 12-year-old daughter dying. Just keep on trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and James's brother. They came to the synagogue's leader's house, and he saw the commotion while people were crying and wailing loudly the funeral had already started he went in and said to them what's all this commotion and crying about the child isn't dead can't you see the child isn't dead she's only sleeping they laughed at him and he threw them all out then taking the child's parents and his disciples with him he went into the room where the child was taking her hand he said to her talitha ko'um and which means, young woman, get up. Suddenly, the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were shocked. Imagine people coming to a funeral and they see a young woman raised from, from the dead. Of course, they were in shock. And they were mocking at Jesus. And here, the miracle happens. And Jesus says uh, to the uh, parents, he gave them straight, uh, strict orders that no one should know what had happened. Then he told them to give her something to eat. Why don't we arise, stand up for a moment. Father, I thank you for your word. 
Father, help me to deliver what you have put into my heart so that tonight we can be filled with your word. May it fill our whole being so that it will be full and overflowing. May your word be so strong that it will guide us in the days to come. May we be so filled with your word and the unction of the word, the power of the word, that it will change the way we think and the way we do our everyday life so that we can be empowered to walk according to your word because your word is powerful and it is powerful to change situations. It is powerful enough to change communities. It is powerful enough to change the future of nations. Your word is a word that can heal, deliver, and set people free. Father, tonight we cling to your word. We cling to your promises. We cling to what you have spoken. And tonight we receive from you. Therefore, help me to deliver your word in such a way that it makes sense to us. And it's a word that is for us and for our lives that will bring great fruit through our our and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I remember reading this passage, and I knew this passage was not just for me, but for the whole river team. It was a passage for the future of us. I remember thinking, how does this passage connect with the work God has called us to do? How does it connect with the work in Bangkok? I, I, I could not say it, but I kept on looking at that. All of a sudden, Holy Spirit started speaking. It's not a two stories within one story. It is one story within the story. There's only one story in there. But there are two generations represented in this story. The woman who had had the issue of blood. She was sick. She was not well. And the Holy Spirit started to speak to me that in the churches, there are often so many people that are not well. And they're looking for, for healing from many, many places. And God spoke to me, go to the churches and speak to the churches that I am the healer. I still heal. I still deliver. I am the one that that is the Lord and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That if people would come and if they would just have the urgency of coming to me, the urgency of seeking my face, the urgency of touching me, then I will heal them and power will flow into my church in healing, in deliverance, with a few new hope. Imagine that woman as she was there. When she received healing, her whole future changed. She could not touch anybody. She was unclean. Now, all of a sudden, she could run home. She could run to her kids. Or if she had kids or didn't have, she could go and embrace them. A whole new future had brought into her life by just saying, if only, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. Tonight, there are people in this place and he, the Lord is saying to you, if you have that urgency of touching him, he, there will be power flowing from Jesus into your life and you will be healed. You might not have a physical situation, but it could be a spiritual, it could be a mental, whatever it is. He is still a healer, and he still delivers, and he still sets us free from the past to walk into the future. So here is a generation, that, that woman's life, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, it represents the people that are often broken 
and hurting even in the church and I want to heal them and when everyone else around them says no 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 it doesn't happen if there's only one who has that urgency of coming to me and say oh if I only can touch him then I will be healed that healing flows here tonight into your because Jesus is in this place. And then I kept on reading and I kept on thinking of this word. And I kept on thinking, Jesus is walking to that house where the young girl was dying. That was the second generation. She represents the young people. And, and as he was walking and as he was going there, somebody came and said, she's dead already. There's no life in her. No use going. And often I'm thinking of myself. That's how I often looked at even Bangkok. It's too late, too little, and too hard. The young people, all they do is they play with their mobile phones. How do you reach them? It feels that they, they are dead already. But Jesus was not perturbed by what people said. He was not uh, guided by the thinking of the big group of people. He was not guided by the populace um, thinking. Uh, thinking. But he was, he was on a mission. And I remember going into Bangkok, into the high places, and spending time there. And I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, speak to this city. Speak to the young people, the older people, that the older people will be healed, and the young generation will be raised up. So I went to these high places, and I took my compass, and I looked at the north, the south, the east, and the west, and I cried out, this city is not dead. Just like Jesus said, that with the girl is only asleep. The girl is not dead. Against all the odds, against all the things that uh, the odds were, uh, my thinking. I don't know what others were thinking, but against my thinking. And if you go to the story, you see that the girl was in that upper room. You see the big crowd, and they were laughing at what Jesus was saying. And I remember often I would talk about Bangkok, about the boot camp, and I felt like people were saying, they didn't laugh at my face, but they said, no, nah, no, nah. it's been tried before. There's been so many great men of God come and gone, but Bangkok, under half a percent, know Jesus or about Jesus. Bangkok is a dark city. The young people, you must remember that more than half of the young population is under 30 years old. Most are just around 20 years old. It's a young generation living in that. How do we reach? And to me, it looked like a dead course. But the Holy Spirit said, I want you to prophesy over this city. Because I've got great plans. You have gone into communities up in the mountains. Gone with the team. You prayed over communities. And we have seen how total communities come to Christ. Meaning 100% of all the people coming to Christ. Including witch doctors in the community. Including everything of the darkness being put away. And the church is born. The church is not a gathering of people who come to church. The, gather, the church is the whole community. Because everyone has come to know Jesus. And, the, and I feel that God is saying, if I can do it in a community up on the mountain where they only know darkness and they come from the darkness to the light, why couldn't I do it in the city? 
Why couldn't I do it in the city? Therefore, prophesy, speak over this city that this city is not dead. This city will be healed. This city will come alive. And that's what I, we did. And that's what I did. Went to the young high places and spoke the word that the young people of Bangkok, of Southeast Asia, they are not dead. They are only asleep. But somebody's going to go and wake them up. They will not wake up unless somebody goes. And that's when I got my calling, our calling, to be part of what God is doing in Southeast Asia. And the Holy Spirit spoke Go to places where no one else can go. Go to places and speak life into places that are dark because my light shines the brightest in the darkest place. And you carry my presence. You carry my presence wherever you go. And that's why the boot camp was done. And that's why we're seeing God open doors like we've never seen before. But the church will not look like maybe all the other churches. The church will be dual language. The church will have many, many nationalities in that from Southeast Asia. And even the young people from around the world will be connected. God is building something new. That is our calling. That's what we are doing together in Thailand and Southeast Asia. So after prophesying over that, the miracle of the boot camp, the miracle of finances. We started out with no finances. And we, uh, imagine renting a guest house in the middle of Bangkok. I mean in the center of the center of center of Bangkok. In the most expensive area in Bangkok. Real estate there is dearer than Brisbane. And we, we in that hotel there were 98 beds. And we got them for $7 a night. $7 a bed for every night. A miracle! But it wasn't only the miracle of the cost, but the Yankee people kept on coming, kept on coming. And the owner of that hotel, he owns one in uh, Yangon, I think, and one in Cambodia. And the owner came. I remember him coming one night. And I was a little bit nervous because we had full-on praise and worship. The Holy Spirit was moving amongst the young people. And I went to him. His name is Paul. I said, Paul, are you okay? Is this okay? He said, this is fantastic. You don't know. But when I go home, I watch this because I got a short, uh, a short circuit TV. Is that what you call it? Yeah, so he's, he's connected live. He's connected live. He said, I love the atmosphere. I could be in this atmosphere all night. The Spirit of God is moving in Bangkok. You're part of it. You are part of something bigger than you or me could ever imagine. A couple of things about Jesus. I already said he went against the trend. Jesus, he always built culture. I believe God has called the church to build culture. It doesn't go with the trend. It actually builds culture so that people can follow what God is doing. Something new. Jesus did not worry what the other people said or what was the latest thing. The latest thing was a funeral. But he said, no, he spoke the word. 
He said, this is not going to be a funeral. She is only asleep. You got it wrong. Can I say that sometimes, uh, even in Thailand, we talk about uh, how difficult it is, how dark it is. 94% are Buddhist and the rest are Muslims. How dark that nation is. And Jesus is saying to us, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Don't celebrate death or don't come into the funeral. But know that I'm going to revive these cities. I'm going to do something great in these cities. And I believe this word applies for Ipswich as much as it applies to any city anywhere. I challenge you tonight. Go to a place and call out to this city. You are alive. You are alive. You know when you start calling out, something stirs within you. There's an urgency that comes within you. There's a fire that is built on God's word. Gee, this city is not dead. This city will come alive. This city will change. Something of the Holy Spirit called faith rises up within you and your confession will start to change the way you do your daily life. There will be a whole new life that has started to live. For us, it was like this. We did not like Bangkok. It's too big, it's too noisy, it's too hot, it's too dirty, all of that. And now we are in love with Bangkok because God has called us to be part of what he's doing in Bangkok. And now we can't wait to get back to Bangkok because something has stirred in our spirit by the confession of our mouth. God is doing something great. Jesus took people who were like-minded with him into that room then raise that girl to life. It's very important if you look at the two generations. There's the older generation. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. But this girl, after Jesus raised her to life, Jesus said, feed her. Feed her. I don't think that is there by mistake. I believe it's, a, it's that bridge over from the older generation to the younger generation. We as older people, we need to be there feeding the younger generation. They need to know the word of God. They need to stand on our shoulders, so to speak, so that they can go further and run f- faster and be, n- know the Holy Spirit more than we ever knew so that they can kick more goals than we ever did but we need to be fed to do that and we as the older generation need to be connected with the younger generation so that we can feed them Jesus when he went there into that house he bridged the supernatural with the natural the natural was she was dead the supernatural was that there's something going to happen if you imagine what happened in that community. Can you imagine the people you, are, you know, in Asia when there's a funeral? Everyone comes to the funeral. The whole, whole community stops. And so it was in those days. Can you imagine when they went home, the report they took home and to the whole district? Jesus came into town. Jesus walked into that house. Jesus healed and raised this girl from dead. There was two stories in one story. I believe that that woman was there also and watching uh, who had been healed from the issue of blood. She was there watching. So today, I encourage you to see what God wants to do in and through your life. There's an urgency. Urgency brings new eyesight.
If your daughter or son is dying, you will look for whatever methods and means you can to fix that issue up. Urgency that the whole nation of Thailand, 67 million people are going to hell tonight, has brought something into our spirit that we cannot quench. It is the fire of God that says we have to get involved. We have to give more than ever before. We have to ask the churches in Australia, be prayerful about what's happening in Thailand. Speak the word of God over Thailand. Give like you have never given before. Give out of your finances, your time for Southeast Asia. It is on our doorstep. And one day when we have given and done all that we can, we can rejoice in heaven with them. They will be jumping like we will be jumping. And they will be shouting like we will be shouting. Because they made it because of us laying down our life for the cause of the gospel. So let's get involved. Let's all say, I'll do my part. I'll do more than I've ever done before. I'll give more than I have ever given before. I'll pray more than I have ever prayed before I will go I will lay down my life the life on earth is so short I'm 61 I never thought I'm going to be 61 never ever I'm already there and my Mariana will soon remind me you're nearly 62 and I say oh it's still a long way away only a few months let's all stand up